Welcome to Series 2 of Gaia's Toolbox. This time, I'll be doing a bit more solo speaking on themes, concepts and ideas that fall within the same framework as Series 1. What you'll hear in Series 2 will be wisdom that came to me directly from Mother Earth through working with her plant medicines. So I still very much consider this to be Gaia's Toolbox. Wisdom and truth channeled directly from her for us to help us navigate this period of great change with grace, discernment, and celebration. So my name is Ellie, and some of you, I think, know me through the Jinkies, and and I work really closely with the Jinkies in my personal life, of course, but also what I really love to do is to weave those into the field of business. So I'm very, very attracted and dedicated to the pearl sequence. Hands up those of you that work with the Gene Keys. Yes, epic. I knew that a bunch of us would. I feel like we're we're a real fractal and I feel like the pearl sequence in particular has really drawn together like a very specific group of us. And I have been working on my money consciousness for, I mean, literally like 13 years probably like many of us and I've read all the books you could possibly imagine I've watched all the YouTube videos I've gone through all the phases and nothing ever really shifted my perspective until I came across the pearl sequence and I hope that a bunch of you are going to be joining me in the the pearl deep dive retreat is anyone here joining for that epic Okay, I can't wait for that. Yes, it's going to be so incredible. Truly, it's going to be incredible. And this round is the only round that Richard will teach himself. So if you're debating whether to join, honestly, now is the time because even if you can't go along live, this is the only chance to be taught by Richard. And it's a completely different experience than just doing self-study or even enrolling into the Golden Path, the Pearl Sequence, which is also you can do online. But to actually go through the deep dive with Richard and his team is mind-blowing. And so I really urge you, if you're attracted by the idea of prosperity in the new paradigm, which obviously you are because you wouldn't be here, then just go for it. And someone's just asked, do you need to have done the activation sequence first? Well, that's, I asked Richard that and no, he said... No, because even if you really unlock the codes in one of the sequences, it has a fractal effect on the rest of your, the sequences and, and it will just aid the unlocking of the whole profile. You enroll, just go on the Jinkies website or you can do it through my uh, link in my bio if you want. Um, so even if you are completely new, the concepts in there are so universal and so archetypal and so relatable. But anyway, <laughs> I wasn't going to be spending the whole um, chat talking about the Pearl Retreat, but I'm just really excited about it. Okay, so there is a 10% discount if you use that code. Okay, so let us talk about wealth in the new earth. So when I decided to create this masterclass, I kind of don't love the word masterclass, but I couldn't think what else to call it. When I decided to create this event, this concept of what, like, what is going to be the role of money in the new earth, what is wealth in the new earth, is truly one that I've been 
contemplating and agonizing over for quite a long time. And I know that this is the case for many of us. We can see that the system now is not working and we can kind of sense what it might look like, but how do we get there? How do we participate in an elevated paradigm? Well, how, you know, what role can we play in that? And there are these three questions that have really been like taunting me in a delicious way for a while now. And those three questions were, you know, what role will money play in the new earth? Like what actual role will money play in the new earth? And on a personal level, I've been wondering for a while now, how can I create and hold wealth with integrity? Like how can all of us calibrate up to wealth whilst maintaining integrity? And I know this is so important to all of us. I know that these questions will be resonating. And then finally, how can I increase my capacity to hold more? Because I was so aware, at least in myself, I don't know if this resonates, that I could feel these energetic um, kind of boundaries that were so tightly around me that were that came from layers of conditioning and layers of shadow that really restricted how much I was able to see myself holding. Does anybody else resonate with that last point? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm interested in, okay, cool. What does it look like? How can I increase my capacity to hold more? So these three points of contemplation have been like riveting for me for a long time. And so I was initially planning to teach, to hold space for these three. And then like always, I wrote these three questions down. I sat down and I really, now when I hold spaces for something like this, it comes from a place of genuine, how can I be of the highest service? And immediately the transmission was, those three questions that you've asked need to be completely turned on their heads. So the questions themselves are very compelling, but they will only serve as almost like a little trick, like a trick. And they are, you need to completely turn them on their head and only then can you unlock like the real truth behind them. So doesn't that sound intriguing? <laughs> so let's just start with the first question. What role could money play in the new earth? Okay, so I'm gonna give you what I see as the real question here, the real shift. Instead of asking ourselves, what role could money play in the new earth? How about we ask ourselves, what role could you play in the new earth? So what role can I play in the new earth? And I'm gonna explain why, why this is so much more of a powerful point of contemplation. So the only thing that we know for sure is that one day the current money paradigm will change. It has to, it is not sustainable in the way that it is. And it is fascinating. And this is what Richard says in the Gene Keys. It's fascinating how pretty much every single human being on this earth um, is under the sway, is under the hold of feeling constricted and feeling tension around the way they think about money. Almost everybody on this planet is preoccupied by money. I think there are very few people who are genuinely free of that. And that is fascinating. And the current money paradigm, as we know, it, it doesn't work. It's unsustainable. It creates massive inequality and division. And it's probably very heavily involved in a lot of the separation that we see on this earth. 
But, you know, what role, as to what role could money play in, play in the new earth? Who knows? The only thing we know for sure is that one day it will change. So what if we were to experiment, and this is an unbelievably powerful contemplation. I don't know if anyone here has already contemplated. What if money did not exist? So what if money did not exist? Has anybody ever thought about that and imagined what their life would look like if money didn't exist? Yeah. What kind of systems would we have? How would the world be able to move forward? Like what kind of systems would we have around us? And even more of a mind rock, <laughs> I don't know if there are any kids around, is, okay, if money didn't exist, what would I do for a business? Like, would I still do what I do? I'm asking this rhetorically on behalf of all of us. Like, would I still show up in the creative way that I do if money disappeared tomorrow and there was no such thing as exchanging money for services? Would I still offer the same services? Right? So let's go back to the systems. What kind of systems would we have around us? So all I know, and any of us that have six lines in our jinkies, hologenetic profiles, you're going to have this, this need to, to be able to see this. Like you're going to have this constant yearning to understand and play with new paradigms. What kind of systems would we have? So in order for us to thrive as a society without money, you would have to completely reinvent the way that we engage with each other and the way that we trade. And trade in itself is, I think, I believe, really inbuilt into our genes. Because if you think about it, we've been trading, the whole concept of trade, I'll give you this if you give me that and we swap, has been um, around since, well, I mean, God knows how, how far we go back, but it's, it's really primordial in our, in our, in our groupings to trade. And trade itself, I believe, is a means of far more than just exchanging services or money. It's really a way of creating partnerships and trading inspiration and trading codes and, and to pass down intentions and even to pass down transmissions. So if you can imagine a world based on these new types of trade, these systems would be based on high frequency interactions. Okay, I really want us to just take a second to absorb that. So what kind of systems would we have? These would be based on high frequency interactions. And this kind of world would require us, all of us on this call, to grow into that level of frequency and embodiment. Because imagine if tomorrow money disappeared and there was this completely new way of doing things that was based on a level, I mean, there would be a new level of trust, a new level of discernment. Um, we would need to completely reorganize into this new synarchy. Our, our we would have to immediately adopt fractal mechanics in terms of how we relate to each other. And in order to do that, this, this level of high frequency interaction would need to come into play and we need to grow into that. In order for us, for us to even imagine a world like that and bring that into form, we need to match that. So this is the first thing. It's not about what role could money play in this new earth. It's what role can I play in being a bridge for that? Because we are not ready for that. You know, the, the potential is there in our genes. 
and it's ready to be unlocked. Anything that we hold genetically is there to be unlocked and to be catalyzed. But we have to acknowledge that that's needed and we have to consciously decide to unlock that. We have to grow into the kind of human that is able to discern and identify new ways of trading. Does that resonate? This idea of grow, we need to grow into that human. And just to go back to the other point of contemplation, what would you, how would you show up in your business? How would you show up creatively if money didn't exist? So some of us would probably still carry on doing the same thing because we really are anchored into what we do and we are in a beautiful relationship with our genius. I would definitely continue what I'm doing tomorrow because I love what I do. And some of us would be relieved to be able to drop what it is that we're doing and to move into a different kind of relationship with trade. But what this would require again is it re would require us to come into a new level of discernment with our own genius. It would require you to truly go into what am I doing now? Like, what is my business? How do I show up creatively? Every single nuance of how you show up. How do you sell? How do you create? How do you speak about your work? Like every decision that you make in your business, if money didn't exist, every single decision in your business would likely need to become a lot more nuanced, a lot more, a lot purer, a lot simpler. It would be so interesting to figure out and to find out if you looked at the entire spectrum of your business to see all the different mechanics within that and see which ones would be affected if money disappeared tomorrow, which ones would you still show up for in exactly the same way, which ones would you drop, and which ones would you upgrade. But in order to do that, in order to come into that kind of relationship with our business and with our creativity and with our genius, we need to develop and cultivate a new level of discernment. And really discernment is such an art. It's such an important art form that we all need to cultivate. And we're gonna talk about discernment more in this, um, in this conversation. We need to come into a new level of discernment with our genius and to stop looking at our genius as this mystical, magical um, quality that we need to grow into. And we need to understand, okay, there's no more money, I'm, I have to literally show up in this way creatively because it fills me up and because I can sense that this is my highest contribution. And the reason that we need to be able to do this is because in this new earth that I envisage, or let's call it heaven on earth, because it's already here. It's already here because everything we're talking about, you could start implementing right now. So this new earth is already here. But in order to create this as a system that everybody's participating in. This is when we come into that beautiful concept in the Gene Keys of the fractal. So I know some of us will be really familiar with that, the concept of our fractal and some of us won't. In the Gene Keys, this idea of your fractal is simply those people in this earth with whom you are meant to come together. You're meant to come together creatively. You're meant to come together with them karmically. And you all are part of this grander, bigger, karmic and dharmic vision. And together you have a mission. So in your business, it's about those people with whom you are meant to do business, whether it's collaboratively, whether it's part of your community. All of us on this call are part of a fractal. 
because we're, we're all magnetized and drawn to the same transmission, the transmission of prosperity and the higher paradigms of money. We're all drawn to this. So we've all come together. We're all fascinated by the same thing. So in this new earth that I envisage, and in order for these systems, which don't involve money, to work, these high frequency interactions, we would need to reshuffle into this new fractal system, this synarchy. And in order to do that, you've got to start understanding and recognizing who your true allies are. And when I say allies, I mean your soul family, like your soul business family, if you look at it through the lens of business, which I always do. And that requires a level of discernment, a, a level of understanding of your genius and of recognizing who, whose genius would dovetail with your genius. So I, I don't know, for those of you who... You, you probably don't all follow me on Instagram, but a few about a week ago, I wrote a, po a post or a story about this, about the fractal, the idea of your fractal business family. There are a group of women whom I admire. I don't even know if any of them are on the call, but a group of women who I deeply admire and I've admired for years. And I can always tell when I really admire someone and yet I feel no compulsion to approach them. And then occasionally I come across someone who I really admire, like their work. I really admire their work. And yet I feel this like kinship and like a familiarity and a, an open heartedness. And so I approach them. I always do. I'm like, hey, I think you're epic. I'd love to connect or whatever it is. And those women to whom I have done that, those women whom I've approached have now become my dearest fractal. So we have all done business with each other. We all share a community. We all have exactly the same ideas at the same time. And that's because we are all channeling the same transmission. And this is the true meaning of a fractal line, is that you are all kind of vibrating with the same truth, but you speak it slightly differently. And this is what I mean by coming into a new level of discernment with your genius in order to create and reshuffle our world into these new high-frequency interactions and systems. So I've just said a lot of words. <laughs> Let's have a little pause. I'm hoping that this is landing because I know I'm bringing in a lot of Gene Keys concepts here. But it's this idea of instead of looking at money as a standalone entity of what role could money play in the new earth? It's like, no, 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 no. This is not about money. Money is just the thing that moves around. It's not the It's like way down the chain. It's way down in the sequence. It's about how we engage with each other. And in order for us to transcend money, which we will be, we will be. In order for us to transcend money, we have to start moving towards a new way of engaging with one another. And it requires a complete recalibration of the energetics with which we engage with one another. Because currently, each one of us is deeply conditioned and it's primordial, so there's no need to feel shame about it. But we all deeply conditioned to be scared that we don't have enough and to look after ourselves first, to look after our, our families first. And that is completely natural, but even that is being asked to be transcended. We're being asked to come into a new unity consciousness where we understand the health of the whole is really what prosperity is all about. And in order to come into this kind of new level of awareness, this new operating system, we need to grow into that. So this is about you and your role in the new earth. You hold the money. 
you know, you are the vehicle. Money carries your codes of intention. And this whole um, concept, which many of us have had for years of money is energy. And you're like, what does that even mean? I do finally kind of understand that in that the way money flows is it does work a little bit like energy in terms of just so simple where you choose to spend it, how you call that in through your creations, like the codes of your creation and gathering together your community and the money that then comes to you, you know, you do, you, you draw to you money that matches the codes of your intention. So if you truly hold an intention to participate in the building of a new earth, like this is how we can catalyze a redistribution of money. And this is what redistribution in the feminine is all about. And when I say the feminine, I don't mean women. I mean the feminine. So the difference between the masculine, the prime masculine and the prime feminine. You know, the prime masculine is all about movement. Um, you know, it's like a penetrative energy of, of movement, you know, process. And the prime feminine is just, it just is, it's matter. So I have spent years trying to imagine what a new economic system would look like. And I was always trying to visualize like a physical redistribution of wealth, you know, more money here, less money there. And I would sort of picture it being more of an equal distribution of money. I'm sure all of us have done that. And I now see it differently. It's not about how to spend it or where it would go. It's about emitting a completely different frequency around money that causes healing wherever it goes. And it's no, like one of the things that really catalyzed that realization for me was when I realized that every time I personally have a quantum leap in my money consciousness is because I've been in the presence of somebody who is deeply embodied with, within their wealth. Somebody who holds wealth with such power and strength that it makes me, I feel it in my body and I'm like, oh, wow, you are powerful. And I walk away from that interaction and I feel different. And I know you guys will have experienced the same thing. When you are around somebody who is powerful and who holds wealth in a new way, you start realizing you walk away and you've changed, that your cells have changed. You start to think, I can do that. Like, if she can do it, I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. And it's almost like you've been expanded, like you've been psychologically and energetically expanded. And then you begin to behave in a different way. You attract financial wealth. And this is now a way that we can create redistribution is by simply holding our wealth with a different energy, which in turn then affects others around us to hold wealth in the same way. They are expanded by you. So it's the power of embodiment. It's, you know, can we act as an expander for others? So you guys, all of us came to this masterclass because we have two distinct desires. And I, I specifically chose the questions because I wanted to reach an exact fractal of people who have these twin desires, okay? The desire to create wealth and the desire to create a new earth. So the desire to hold wealth, the desire to create a new earth. And this 
desire to create a new earth from a place of sincerity carries a frequency. It carries a very specific energetic signature and that cannot be faked. Energetics can't be faked and it holds power. And if you really honor your desire, and you honor that desire rather than gaslighting it, including your desire to create wealth, you really honor that desire and you honor it as a pure desire. I desire to create wealth because I desire to have impact and I desire to participate in a redistribution of wealth in the prime feminine way through embodiment and through engaging in high frequency interactions. If you engage with those desires rather than gaslight them, they will lead you on your most direct path to bringing those desires into form. So your desire to create the new earth is what will create the new earth. It's not the money that creates the new earth. It's you. It's your role in the new earth because you hold the money. You know, money just highlights whatever it is that we're bringing into form. So that question of what is the role of money in the new earth is a trick question. It's really about how you intend to participate in building the new earth. So this is the first perspective change is anytime you find yourself looking at money as a standalone uh, metric or as, a, as this mysterious thing that has power in you, it is very elusive to you. Or if you find yourself wondering around, you know, what will these new paradigms of prosperity and the economy look like? It's about us. It really is about us. You know, what is your role in the new earth? Okay. So the second question that I laid out like bait was, how can I create wealth with integrity? And this has been literally taunting me for months because as I begin, as I began to implement these beautiful principles from the Gene Keys and just these, you know, just these like higher codes of prosperity in my life and in the way that I show up with my fractal, with my community and with how I create and with my relationship with my genius, I began to experience an influx of financial wealth. And <laughs> typical us human beings, it started to make me think, oh my God, am I going out of alignment? Because I know that one of the prime teachings of prosperity is that there is a difference between wealth and prosperity. And wealth really refers to the stockpiling of money and this idea of accruing. And it's kind of top heavy, and it sort of sits there and, you know, this is this whole concept of the more I can have, the safer I am. And, you know, often the more wealth you accrue, the more complicated your life is. And that is the truth. I've seen that. And the idea of prosperity is it's, it's flow, it's simplicity, it's trust, it's being relaxed. It's having a beautiful relationship with your creativity. It's loving the work that you do. It's having beautiful relationships and feeling part of your community um, thriving health, you know, it's a, it's a holistic thing. And prosperity really refers to this. It's more like a contented relationship with life itself. And it's much more natural in terms of it to flow. You know, you trust that there's always going to be enough money coming in to support you on your level of genius. And each one of us has a different line in the sand in terms of our perfect measure of prosperity. You'll always be bringing in enough to support your genius. For some of us, we need to draw in a lot of money because we have big visions and we are here to create impact that requires a lot of money. My suspicion is that everybody on this call probably falls into that category because you wouldn't have signed up to this 
if you weren't interested in engaging in the new earth and in being that bridge, maybe you need money for that. So come into right relationship with that, you know? So anyway, as I began to accrue wealth, I thought, oh my God, I'm accruing wealth. I've slipped out of integrity. And I asked Richard about it. I asked it on the live for those of you that were there. And thank God, he was like, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. Like, it's not about stopping the growth. It's not about like halting the flow of prosperity. It's about engaging more with the flow. So it has been really taunting me. How can I create and hold my wealth with integrity? But I want to give you the perspective shift. Because even before I asked Richard, I'd had such a breakthrough with this. So the question that I wrote here to, to entice you in was, how can I create wealth with integrity? And I want to give you the real question. What does integrity mean to you? Seriously. If we just take a minute to tune into that question of what does creating wealth with integrity mean? If we're, if we're honest with ourselves, and I've actually had this conversation with a few of you today, like let's, let's think about the word integrity. Like, what does integrity, what do we mean? And you could even put in the chat, like, what does integrity mean in the context of how can I create wealth with integrity? And likely what you guys are thinking, what I was thinking was, oh, making sure that I stay noble with my wealth, making sure that I do good things, making sure that I don't slip into greed. Basically, I was attaching morality. So I was literally attaching a scale of morality. How can I continue to generate and hold wealth while still behaving in a way that is moral, that is good, that is for the benefit of the whole? I was, it's literally very subtle, but it's attaching some kind of a morality to how you hold your wealth. So I would, this is gonna be really powerful contemplation for you. Turn the lens around and be like, what am I making it mean? When I think about the idea of generating wealth with integrity, what do I, what's really underneath that? What energetic lies underneath that? Because if we're honest with ourselves, very prevalent, and it can be very subtle, there's a trace of fear within that question. There's a trace of fear. Because, and in the Gene Keys, you know, the shadow of judgment, is, is the same archetype as the gift of integrity. I can't remember which gene key it is. Maybe someone can write it in there. So integrity and judgment are two sides of the same coin. And so often when we, when we speak our desires to act with integrity, 18, we are coming through the lens of judgment because we look at the behavior around us and we judge it. And we say, that's not an integrity, this is. And this is a huge aspect of the way that we engage with money and the way that we engage with wealth accumulation and the way that we look at the way that other people are receiving and holding wealth. And so much of it really, and I can only speak for myself, so much of my question of how can I create wealth with integrity was tied into a need to be seen to have integrity. It, it refers really subtly to how I am seen by others. And I would just like to offer a different way of looking at integrity. Because real integrity has absolutely nothing to do with moral behavior. It really doesn't, it transcends that. 
Integrity is about strength. Integrity is to be without judgment. Integrity is, in the Gene Keys, Richard talks about, it's like the strength of a building. An architect, I think, probably always uses the word integrity. I don't know if there are any architects in here. Like, what is the integrity of the building? Is the building strong? To me, integrity feels more akin to sustainability. Like the ability to see what systems will benefit the whole. And actually, it's so much, again, that that brings back to that concept of discernment. You know, perhaps integrity could just be an eye for what works, an innate understanding of what could benefit the whole. So not just, oh, what is the right thing to do? But just innately knowing what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes, probably, to act in integrity means to do something that others will not understand because part of discernment is understanding where fertile ground lies. So sometimes when you're really like channeling the transmission of discernment, it's understanding where I'm getting, where I should invest my time and where I shouldn't. Like in which pockets of society or which pockets of, um, you know, what creative projects should I invest my time? Because where am I gonna have the maximum impact? Where is the dovetailing of me and my fractal gonna have the maximum impact? And that's what integrity means to me, is it's understanding where we can come together and have the most impact. It's about strength and structure and sustainability. It's not about morality. Can we create and carry wealth with an eagle eye? Can we generate wealth with one eye while the other remains looking at the whole? So back to the question, how can I create wealth with integrity? What does integrity mean to you? Can you imagine yourself like a beautiful, powerful building? And I specifically say building even over something like a mountain or an organic creation, because I feel like a building has been put together and is made up of all these different parts, just like we are these different parts it's a structure and it needs to be built it's like art like look at an architect look at how architects you know they train for like eight years or something ridiculous like that I mean they, it takes dedication to decide to be an architect and they're like fascinated by the inner mechanics of structure and they're always looking like literally one screw down here will have an effect on something up here I mean the drawings they do the detail it's like the most mind-blowing craft. So from that lens, how can I create wealth with integrity? Then it's like a whole other uh, field to play in. How can I take, how can I hold my wealth, my prosperity, my financial prosperity, and how can I intimately understand the mechanics of this and how it, how it works with the greater whole? You know, where can I invest this? That, this is when we start getting to the mechanics of flow again, which is really the code of prosperity. How can I invest this in terms of my resources, my energy, my love, my money into a sustainable high frequency system? You know, how can I contribute to the new earth with my wealth? That takes integrity. When you look at it through this lens and we realize how much we look 
how much we look at integrity through the back door of judgment. It's like the same shadow through the back door. We look at other people's behavior around, around money and we go, that's out of integrity. And it's like, who cares if <laughs> like we need to move way beyond that? You know, there are people making choices every day with money. Everybody's acting out of their shadow all the time. And sometimes the more, the closer we get to the higher transmissions of integrity, it can get so subtle, that shadow. The shadow of judgment can be so subtle. And I literally believe that if you're even analyzing your own integrity, you're doing it through the shadow. I don't know if that lands with anyone, but sometimes I find myself when I praise my own integrity, I'm like, oh, I'm acting with such integrity. I'm like, oh, I'm literally even deeper in the shadow than I was yesterday when I wasn't even thinking about it. Okay, so let's move on to the third perspective. Can I increase my capacity to hold more? So I know that this is going to be very tender for many of us because like probably all of us to some degree have moved through like a very tight money consciousness and have recognized that to some degree, lesser or larger, we, we are cock blocking our own ability to receive prosperity. Hands up, who has identified this pattern in their own lives? <laughs> yeah, so many of us. Um, it's so interesting because if you find yourself in an energetic where you're unable to receive money without an emotional charge, so unable to receive money without an emotional charge, this is based on a fear that there's not enough. So this is a lack-based fear. If you are somebody who finds it hard to price, let's say price your offerings, all the cocks, says Carly, like a really common symptom of this is, is those of us who undercharge. Don't know if there are any chronic undercharges in the house. <laughs> I definitely was one for many years. If you're somebody, for example, who struggles with pricing or somebody who lives under the paradigm of I love what I do, but it's kind of out of integrity to charge any more than this because all the other energy healers, you know, give their work away for free, for example. And you just consistently live within this like just enough kind of field, then that fear is based in lack. That fear is actually based in a, a belief that is rooted in a complete illusion around the finiteness. Is it called finiteness? I think it's called finiteness of money. So if you place any kind of judgment around on the amounts of money that come your way, you're engaging with money as a resource that actually reflects a shadow perspective of yourself. And this is what we need to completely rewrite. We need to literally take every single nuance of this out. Because if you are interested in increasing your capacity to hold more, I want to give you a completely different perspective shift. And the real question is, instead of can I increase my capacity to hold more, I wonder if you can guess what it is. Can I increase my capacity to give more? <laughs> can I increase my capacity to give more? Can we just take a second to let that sentence like really land in our hearts? Do I dare to give more? 
can I increase my actual genuine capacity to give more of myself? And this whole paradigm is based on the concept of generosity. And I have said this for years now, and I really, truly embody this truth in my heart. The true meaning of abundance is not about receiving unconditionally. And this whole narrative that's been going around for years in the spiritual world of, I am abundant. I receive unlimited amounts of money, which is, it's lovely. But it's always about receiving. What about abundance, meaning unconditional giving? Seriously, what would it feel like if money disappeared tomorrow, there was no such thing as money, and you were able to completely relax, and you were able to finally, for the first time in your life, come out of that primordial fear of survival, and you were able to open your heart and give freely. And I'm not talking about just money and giving all your money away. I'm talking about give yourself, give your love. What would it feel like in every single interaction that you have, whether it's in a conversation or whether it's in your business, to be like, how can I give the most value into this? How can I stop bringing a subtle agenda into everything that I do around how can I get more out of this? And instead, how can I make this as epic as possible for the other person and just trust that it's going to come back to me? And my friends, this is really hard to do. For me, it is hard. It's actually in my life's work, this, uh, the shadow of selfishness, the 27th jinky. Uh, and it's the gift of altruism. So this is my life's work is to understand the true codes of generosity. And it has absolutely changed my life. So much of the interactions we hold with others is laced with this expectation of getting something back. What if we were able to fully give of ourselves unconditionally into the field with this absolute deep-rooted trust that the field would give back to us tenfold? And this has got nothing to do with like that hollow, quite frankly, new age thing of like um, the vortex or whatever. Like, let's just do away with all of that. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what would it feel like to be as generous as possible in every single interaction? And I'll give you a few examples. If you are a business owner, for example, and you are creating something, um, let's say you're creating a course, okay? I'm actually creating a course and I'm going to tell you about it in like 10 minutes. If you're creating a course, start to notice in every single thing that you do in creating that course or creating that offering or that product, Every decision you make, just start noticing how many of those decisions contain a trace of fear and a trace of agenda of, oh, I'm going to write the email in this way because I kind of know if I create a sense of urgency, like people will quickly enroll into my course. And within that is this real belief of I have to, the only way that I can really put my all into this creation is if I make sure that I'm compensated directly by those people who enroll in my course. And if we can actually just relax our solar plexus in that moment, like literally relax your belly in that moment and breathe and come into a deep rooted trust that if you're creating something really beautiful, if you're in full receptivity of your genius at that time, 
maybe you can think, how can I make the buying experience for my customer as magical as possible and just trust that if I literally create this in delight and joy and generosity, it doesn't mean that you don't charge properly. It doesn't mean that you don't talk about your course with love and you, you know, you tell everybody about your course because you, you really want to lead a big group through it, but you bring generosity into every step of that. You bring generosity into everything and the way that you speak about your course, you make every decision based on generosity. It's really about how you're engaging with your fractal, you know, and I don't know how many of us, how many of us in here are business owners that have customers of some kind. Let's go into the next pages. Yeah, probably a bunch of us. Okay. So really, like, I'll just give you one tangible way that you can bring this. How can I increase my capacity to give more? Look at how you relate to your fractal. Look at how the energetics of how you relate to your customers. Because if we're honest, like, and this is not our fault, it's this is what we've been taught to do since we were like young. It's like so conditioned. Look at the unsaid energetics that you hold with your customers, how there's such a strong agenda of how can I get them to buy more or how can I get them to do this thing that I want them to do? And it's like this weird thing where you're not participating in the same field. It's like you're creating this thing and you're putting it out there because you want this certain thing to happen. And then I'm going to paint you a different picture. Imagine you are holding a dinner party for your best friends, for all your best friends. It's like one of your best friend's birthdays. And it's at your house and you're like so excited and you create the most beautiful table. You pick some fresh flowers from the garden and while you're cutting them, you're like, "Mm -hmm -hmm." you just feel so good. You've got really good music playing. You're so excited because you can smell the slow cooked food that you're making. The music's so good. You're getting excited to see your friends. It's giving you great pleasure to create and curate this aesthetically pleasing spread at your dinner table. And it's that feeling of like, oh my God, I can't wait for this experience to be exquisite for these people coming into my house. And it doesn't matter about what the end goal is that, you know, the scenario one, I was talking about creating a course and scenario two, I'm talking about creating a dinner party. It's the energetics of the moment itself. The dinner party energetic that I described was just pleasure in creating something exquisite in putting your all into it, in greeting anybody who comes in your door with love. You can take that energetic and you can infuse that into everything you do in your business. And actually, right back at the beginning of this conversation when we talked about coming into a new level of discernment with our genius and understanding the higher purpose of our genius and coming into an an enlightened relationship with integrity All of these codes will contribute to your ability to just relax into generosity and to relax into trust and to give more of your love and to give more of your, to give more of yourself into every single engagement that you have. And this is really the true meaning of philanthropy. It's the love of humanity. It's being able to really show up with an open heart into every single interaction that you have, and especially in the lens of business. This is what I'm really interested in. So if you want to play in the field of abundance, if you really want to play in the field of abundance, then learn how to unconditionally give of yourself. And it takes trust. 
because you have to leap first. It really does. Like we're so conditioned that it's almost impossible to imagine a collective field that will reward you for giving yourself. It, it, I mean, it's almost impossible even for me in this moment. I'm like, but there's still a trace of fear. And there probably always will be a trace of fear, but I'm willing to take the leap anyway. Okay, so just to summarize those three questions and these three points of contemplation that I invite you to take into your own practice. What role can I play in the new earth? Like, who do I need to be? Who do I need to be? What, how, do I, how do I hold my money? I am a vehicle. Money carries my codes of intention. Who do I need to be in the new earth? And the second one, instead of how can I create wealth with integrity? Yeah, how can I create wealth with true integrity? What does integrity mean? And I really want all of us to really contemplate what does integrity mean to us? Because it's time for us to transmute the judgment around integrity. Every single person in here has a desire to do to, to contribute to the new earth. And so all of us must carry that shadow in some way because anybody who's like interested in doing the right thing will be have an attunement to the shadow of judgment, whether we're conscious of it or not. So let's change that. Let's take the stigma out of wealth creation. Let's just take the stigma out of it. Let's stop judging other people's money stories. Let's stop judging other people's pricing decisions. Let's stop judging other people's behavior around money, other people's spending decisions. And let's take all the judgment out of it. And let's start to see integrity as strength and structure and sustainability. And finally, how can I increase my capacity to give more? And anytime you start getting in your mind, you just close your eyes and you think about the tides. You think about the tide going in and the tide coming out and how that cycle endlessly goes. You think about your breath, your in-breath and your out-breath. You think about expansion and contraction. You think about the sun going up and the sun going down. This is the natural order of things for this constant cycle. You look outside at the plant life, you look at a tree, an apple tree, growing apples and then dropping the apples on the ground. And then growing apples and dropping the apples on the ground. Nature does not place caveats on exchange. Nature just exchange, exchanges. Nature just participates in the cycle. So just look at the systems in nature and look at your own relationship with exchange itself. And look at where you hold back on the giving, but you hunger for the receiving. Look at where you, look at your relationship with receiving and look at your relationship with giving. Can I increase my capacity to give more? How can I bring more generosity into my day-to-day -day in all the ways I show up in my business, especially? Okay, so in the interest of wrapping up by eight o'clock, which I promised I would do, this has been a massive pleasure, by the way. I can't even remember like a single word I've said, but I have loved every second of it. I'm so grateful and honored that you showed up. And for those of you who want to take this deeper, I have something for you. Thank you. So for those of you who really resonate with this whole concept of changing your perspective and you feel the power of a perspective shift, 
which is a very specific way of engaging with with money really you know it's not about how can I spend my money differently or what can I do differently it's for me the key is always how can I see things differently because the minute you truly see things differently you're just a different person and it's like oh my god finally finally I understand and I've come into a mental clarity so for those of you that resonate with the power of a perspective shift I have something that I want to share with you oh your messages are so cute so I will be leading a group through a 21-day journey of prosperity recalibration. So prosperity recalibration. And this is going to be a live experience. It will be a curated sequence designed to dismantle and recode the programming that you hold around money, that you currently hold around money. And please let me tell you that you can experience instantaneous shifts in your perspective that have a massive tangible effect on your level of prosperity in all areas of your life. This is the experience that I'm going to be holding. And it's 21 days, but it's seven teachings over seven calls. So every call is going to be a powerful activation to shift our perspective on money, on wealth, on purpose, and on worth. So I want to really dismantle the illusion of worth. That's going to be a massive one. And we're going to be exploring the gene keys, human energetics and sacred business codes. So if you are somebody who runs a business and you desire to shift your perspective in terms of how you show up in your business, this is really for you. So we're going to be talking about money consciousness, your shadow patterns, the mechanics of your magnetism, how to read your own energetics, how you relate to your fractal, your desires. I'm going to hold space for your desires, how you show up in your business, how you sell how you create, and your role in the new earth. So for those of you that are that do resonate with that and are attracted to that, enrollment opens tonight. I'm really excited about this, by the way. And I think I'm, I'll keep enrollment open for a week. And we begin on the 1st of November, and it's going to be these seven calls. And I'm really excited about it. Like, I am really excited about it because this is present for me. The, the whole concept of coming together as a group and really leaning into our money consciousness and focusing on our money consciousness, not dancing around it. There's going to be no dancing around it. We're going to go deep and we're going to be radically honest. So if anybody desires to join me on that journey, I welcome you with open arms. I thank you for coming tonight and for showing up. It was such a pleasure. I love you guys, the ones that I know and the ones that I don't know. And I wish you all the best with those three contemplations. And I guarantee you, if you really breathe life into them, your life will change, even just from those three. Oh, I forgot to even say where you can enroll on the course. It's on my website. <laughs> I'll put it on my Instagram. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> Bye, darlings. <laughs>